All right, before we get started today, I just want to remind you that support for The Morning Agenda comes from Everance Financial. It empowers members to align their investments with their faith and values. You can find out more at everance.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. So what happens when small rural communities in Pennsylvania lose access to pharmacies? And a retired Lancaster canine officer loses his battle with cancer. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Monday, February 26th, and this is being recorded at 7.55 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, back after a couple of days off as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories. As pharmacies close across Pennsylvania, Penn State researchers are working to inform rural communities about the potential impacts of those closures. Sydney Roach with our friends at WPSU and State College reports the study is based on a community that lost its only pharmacy and primary care health facility four years ago. Snowshoe is a small borough about a 30-minute drive north of State College. Since Snowshoe's pharmacy closed, some residents have found it difficult to get their prescriptions filled, according to Christina Brandt. She's an assistant professor of rural sociology at Penn State. Brand has made several visits to Snowshoe to interview residents for the study. We've heard of folks taking blood pressure medication every other day instead of every day or reducing their insulin dosages, not taking their cholesterol meds as prescribed because of losing that close access. We've also heard stories of folks sharing medication with one another to help each other make it through the gap before they can get to the pharmacy. Now, Brandt says some community members have neighbors picking up their medications. She says her study could inform other rural communities of what happens when small towns lose their pharmacies. Mid-State Congressman Scott Perry says Republicans don't have the votes to impeach President Joe Biden. My colleague Randy Parker reports his comments come after the man whose allegations were crucial to the investigation was criminally charged with lying. Alexander Smirnov has told investigators Russian intelligence officials played a role in giving him information about Hunter Biden. Prosecutors say Smirnov has had extensive and recent contact with Russian intelligence agencies. But CNN reports Perry says House Republicans will keep pushing accusations that President Biden benefited from his son's business deals. There has been no evidence to support that claim. Speaking at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Maryland, Perry said federal agencies are blocking access to information. The mid-state congressman says House Republicans' thin majority means their impeachment effort is likely over. And the city of Philadelphia plans to train dozens of people to install electric vehicle chargers. Sophia Schmidt is with our friends at WHYY in Philadelphia and has the details. The city got a nearly $1.5 million federal grant to recruit and train people to become electricians who can install and maintain EV chargers. A group of 45 people will get to participate over two years. They'll complete a pre-apprenticeship program that city officials say will set them up for permanent union jobs. Shelly Francis is co-founder of EV Noir, a consulting company focused on electric mobility best practices and equity. She says because communities of color tend to disproportionately breathe pollution from gas-powered cars and trucks, these communities should benefit from electrification jobs. So it makes sense to make sure that we're engaging these communities and providing them with workforce and economic development opportunities so that they can benefit from this proliferation of resources and funding. 
Outreach for Philly's new training program will focus in particular on female, black, indigenous, and other workers of color. So happy to be back in the saddle today after a couple of days off. And when I got into the office this morning, I went through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania looking for a few stories to put on your radar and came across a few. So here they are. A Cumberland County school district is looking into its charter school enrollment. The Sentinel reports the Big Spring School Board has formed a panel for the task that's been dubbed Operation Lost Sheep. The committee's makeup will be three board members, a district administrator, and three community members. Its goals will be to identify what's behind students leaving for cyber or charter schools and then providing its findings and recommendations to the board. Last May, the Sentinel reported the district's spending on charter school tuition increased from less than $1.5 million in 2017 to more than $4 million budgeted this year. Committee meetings will be held monthly and be open to the public. State police say law enforcement officers in York County shot and killed a man who fired at them during a domestic violence call. Officers responded to a Spring Garden Township home shortly after 11 p.m. Friday after a man broke into the home of his estranged wife. District Attorney David Sunday Jr. says 34-year-old Payton Sells of Spring Grove fired a shotgun, forcing an officer to dive off the porch and later fired from a second-floor window before coming out the front door with two handguns. He fired at officers again and was then shot and killed by law enforcement. And the Lancaster City Police Department is mourning the death of retired canine Zoltan following a battle with cancer. This is a story we told you about earlier this year. Our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online, reports Zoltan died with his handler, Officer Jay Hatfield, and other family members at his side. A police escort took Zoltan from his home to the Pet Emergency Treatment and Specialties Facility, where police cruisers and other officers were waiting. The nine-year-old Hungarian-German Shepherd had been battling B-cell lymphoma since the beginning of 2023 and went into remission in May. But in September, the cancer had returned. Zoltan was initially scheduled to finish chemotherapy at the end of January, but Hatfield veterinarians and the department decided earlier this month it was best for Zoltan to retire. Now, let's take a deeper dive into an issue that's been popping up in public schools. Absenteeism, that's a growing problem that some schools are seeing. With more than one in three Pittsburgh public school students to date considered chronically absent, communities are getting creative in how they get children to school. Jillian Forstadt is with our friends WESA in Pittsburgh, and she reports on how one organization is doing it with vans, grandmas, and a whole lot of love. It's just after 7 a.m. in Pittsburgh's Beltshoover neighborhood, and 83-year-old Kathy Sellers is running through a list of phone numbers. Please leave your message after the tone. Good morning, Ashley. This is your Nana wake-up call. I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I intend to talk to you tomorrow. Sellers, who has been awake since 5.30, is cheery for everyone, but especially lights up for those who pick up the phone. I hope you have a great day today. Me too. I love you. I love you too, Ms. Sellers. Okay, bye-bye. Sellers says making her morning calls gives a new sense of purpose to her retired life. Because we live in this area where, and this time where the kids are falling under between the cracks. You know, and we're trying not to let that happen. 
The Nana wake-up calls, as she puts it, are part of a larger effort to connect kids with the resources needed to ensure they get to and from school each day. In addition to the calls, families in the program receive free van rides to Pittsburgh Arlington, the neighborhood elementary and middle school. Many families in the program lack the transportation or resources to get their students there otherwise. Pittsburgh Public Schools doesn't provide bus rides to students who live less than a mile and a half from the school building. That means more than 60% of all students at Arlington are expected to walk or find another way to school. Ravina Nelson's son is among them. And he's only five years old, so it's like... The rain, the snow, when it's cold, it's it's too much, and it's a nice walk. Nelson works at a hospital and has to be there long before the school day starts. Because Arlington doesn't have before-school care for kids with working parents, Nelson has to rely on her oldest daughter. So if she didn't have to be to work, I would have her take them, or I would try to call my sister and have her take them, or he missed a lot of days and had to stay home with my mom. He ended up missing much of the first two months of school because Nelson didn't have another option. She even called the school board to see if they could arrange transportation. There was times where the days that he was missing, he was begging to go to school. Then Arlington connected her with the Nana program. She now gets her son ready before she leaves for work, and a family member will make sure he gets on the school van. Her designated Nana, Gwen, calls too. She's a joy. Good morning. Um, How are you? I'm calling to check on you and the kids. And I'll sit on the phone and, you know, I'll tell her, we tell each other that we're, oh, I'm going to pray for you today. You pray for me. You know, she's a sweetheart. The Nana's program has the capacity to carry 36 kids to and from Arlington each day, though they're trying to expand. The school has one of the highest rates of chronic absenteeism in the district. So far this school year, more than half of all students at Arlington have missed 10 percent or more days of school. That's down from three quarters of all students back in 2021. It's not just an issue at Arlington either. A third of all students at Pittsburgh Public are considered chronically absent this year. Tiffany Gorman with the nonprofit A-plus Schools says addressing the issue takes a holistic approach. It could be, you know, things that are happening at home. It could be, uh, you know, the child has mental health issues or anxiety. It could be clothing. It could be things happening in the neighborhood. A-plus Schools is working to address the problem from multiple angles. It helped advocate for the city to install better sidewalks on the way to Arlington and worked with the Brashear Association to get funding for the Nana's program. Brashear, which hosts the program, also has a food bank, after-school care, and employment services. Families in the Nana's program have access to it all. Gorman says... Too often, families are blamed for not getting their kids to school. But resolving chronic absenteeism? It's not just one person's responsibility. I think it's all of us need to work together to make sure that kids have what they need and have a school that they want to go to. The nonprofit is working with other community organizations citywide to expand that safety net for students at Arlington and across Pittsburgh. I'm Jillian Forstat in Pittsburgh. 
Just a reminder, The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and on WITF's YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. You can also find us on the NPR app. And by the way, we are approaching our first birthday. The Morning Agenda officially launched February 27th, 2023. It is tomorrow. So if you can do me a favor, I'd like you to send me a voice memo or video sharing your thoughts on why you listen. If you have one of our Morning Agenda trucker hats, send me a photo of you wearing it. Whatever you're comfortable sharing, email it to me at Tim underscore Lambert at WITF.org. That's Tim underscore Lambert at WITF.org. I'd love to include you in anything we do to mark this milestone because you are the driving force behind what we do. And I also ask that you check out our monthly Spotify playlist of my songs of the day. It's called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, February 2024. And today's pick is Nine Inch Nails, The Perfect Drug. A big thanks to Everance Financial for supporting The Morning Agenda. It empowers members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. I always appreciate your company. So be well, enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll talk again tomorrow.